0: Everyone and welcome back to another episode of All Things Being Equal. I'm Ranjit and I'm joined again today by Alex. Hi Alex, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, Ranjit. How are you today? I'm not too bad at all. Thank you very much. What
1: have we got in store today? What are we talking about today? So today is quite an interesting topic. Uh, we're going to be discussing trespassers. Entering on your land, uh, either residential or commercial properties. And the reason we're talking about this is it can be a very scary experience for both residential and commercial landlords. Also, it can be very costly if you don't move quickly. Trespassers can cause damage to your premises.
0: Have you had much experience with trespassers in your your career or
1: in your lifetime? Not myself personally. Lucky. Um, Yeah, thankfully. But it's something that will always crop up. I'm sure in the course of my career. Absolutely. I
0: think um, certainly throughout my career, I've seen a number of different cases involving trespassers and numbers don't seem to be going down. So it it can be a real risk.
1: And I think certainly with the current economic environment and the risk of many commercial properties being empty, Mm. there may be a huge uplift in trespassers.
0: That's a very good point. So what is a trespasser?
1: So essentially a trespasser is someone who has entered onto your land without your permission. There's different types of trespass. One of the ones we'll talk about today is occupiers entering into your property, either commercial or residential, or onto your land and then staying put. So
0: someone breaking in and and living in an office or or a group of people doing the same. You've got also caravans, and that's becoming a a thing now. People entering into green spaces, uh, setting up their... And, and one would say that, that's trespass as well. I suppose also, <laughs> I'm a bit old for this, I'd say, but these uh, these illegal raves that take place in the commercial warehouses. Yep, uh, yeah. yeah Have you been to any illegal raves recently? Not in the last 18 years I haven't, no. no. <laughs> okay, right, right. <laughs> You know, you know the party scene, so, so perhaps you were a trespasser once?
1: Maybe, maybe, but I, I didn't know I was, so... Okay, um, well that's alright then, isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> do we have any other types of instances of trespassing? I,
0: I think the other point to consider is that tenants who've overstayed their welcome, uh, and once you have a... Not just overstayed their welcome, but once you have a possession order and they're unlawfully residing at the property they also, I suppose, become trespassers, although the law treats them slightly differently.
1: Okay. Have there been any instances where any of your clients have obtained a possession order and tenants have overstayed and they've made an application for them for trespassing?
0: It's it's happened on occasion. Certainly, I think it will depend on the the facts of the case.
1: Okay. And if we have a scenario where one of your clients um, has a property and there's a trespasser, how would you suggest we uh, get rid of trespassers?
0: Well, the first thing you would do is I think you, you call the police. Certainly with regards residential premises, uh, trespass is a criminal offence and it has been since 2012. But the, the criteria to be met for a successful prosecution is it's quite a high bar. So the, the prosecution or the Crown will have to show that the person entered the property as a trespasser. They knew or ought to have known that they were a trespasser and that they intended to live in the property for any period of time. Um, And the the potential consequences of a conviction um, are a fine of up to £5,000 and and under a year in prison. But in my experience, the police are unlikely to want to get involved because they have to be sure that someone is trespassing in order to act. And certainly with commercial premises and and also with residential premises, the police are more likely to say, you need to go and speak to your lawyer. Uh, This is a civil matter and we will not get involved. Which leads us to the second option, which is you can apply to court for a possession order. You can apply to court for a possession order, absolutely, and this is this is the most common way, certainly in my experience, that one deals with trespassers.
1: So, how can you apply to a court for a possession order when you don't know the names of the parties?
0: That that's a very good question. So, you you would normally uh, you normally name trespassers as persons unknown if there are any identifying features. I can't think of any identifying features and my mind's drawn a blank but I, I think more in terms of uh, if, you, if you're if you getting an, an injunction against or an order against people you can't identify the court would like you to identify as best you can by reference to the information that you have. So if, if for example you're, you're going after someone uh, in respect of a bank account but you don't have their name and, and details you can identify them with reference to the bank account or if you're... Uh, suing someone in respect of a piece of property, but you don't know who actually owns that property, then you would uh, name them by reference to the address of that property. With trespassers, it, it's difficult, and in most circumstances, you would you would name them as persons unknown.
1: So, if you named them as persons unknown, how would you be able to serve a claim form of them? So,
0: what you there's, I mean, there's very specific rules about service of possession claims on trespassers. Uh, in the civil procedure rules, and I'm not going to go into them in in a great amount of detail here. Suffice to say that you have to make sure that the the claim, the details of the claim, the notice of the claim and the date of the hearing are visible to them or can be visible to them. So uh, ordinarily you would pop a copy in uh, through the letterbox of a property in a a see-through envelope and uh, stick a copy to the door. But there are other ways of affecting service. And it's it's crucial that you do serve properly because if you do not, your claim could potentially be thrown out if you can't satisfy the judge that you have done uh, what you need to do and have complied with the rules.
1: So if we satisfy the service requirement, is there anything that we need to prove at court?
0: Well, you need to prove that you've served in the, in the correct way. and apart from that you would need to show that you own the land or you have an entitlement to possession of the land and that people have been or have unlawfully entered the land and, and such that you require a possession order. And, and that's fairly straightforward in my experience to, to show in straightforward um, it, in, in, in the normal run of business, uh, obviously there are more complicated cases that they'll defend, depend on the facts. And I think nine times out of 10, your job is made easier because the trespassers don't show up at court. It's, it's very rare in my experience for them to do so. Normally they know what they're doing is wrong and don't really want to, to come
1: in. There. And it's probably quite difficult for them to prove that they have an entitlement.
0: Yeah, when, when they have turned up in the past, it's more to ask for more time on the property uh, or to apologise. If, if there is a genuine... Uh, reason why they're occup- occupying the property, they, they think they have a, an interest in the property, then you'll find that if, if they can file a defence, you'll find that the matter's is probably going to have to go to a trial and won't be dealt with summarily at a at a first hearing.
1: Okay. So once we get a possession order, mm-hmm. I'm presuming the next step would be bailiffs?
0: That's absolutely right, yeah. So you would uh, use the County Court bailiffs or you could apply, if you haven't if you haven't already brought your claim in the High Court, you can apply to transfer up to the High Court to instruct the High Court bailiffs so you can move a lot faster.
1: Okay. Is there anything else we need to
0: consider? Yeah, so you could potentially also get what's known as an interim possession order, which is, is available to uh, someone where they act fairly promptly upon knowing of the trespass. If you uh, take action within 28 days and the premises is a residential premises, you can ask for an interim possession order. So the court will grant an order pending final determination of the hearing, and the idea behind this is it's a little bit quicker, uh, a trespasser has to leave the property within 24 hours of being served with the interim order, otherwise they face arrest. There'll be a second hearing where the possession order is finalised, um, and the trespasser can obviously attend and, and defend if they, if they so choose to at that stage. And then you'd get your possession order, and if the trespassers hadn't already uh, left the property, then you'd be able to enforce
1: it in the usual way. Okay, so just so I'm clear, we wouldn't be able to instruct bailiffs?
0: No, not until you've got the final possession order. I mean, the the principle is that you've got this interim possession order, you can then serve it on the trespassers, and then you can call the police and say, I've served them with this order, they haven't left, please come and arrest them. But again, I mean, with police numbers as they are at the moment, you may find that the police haven't got the capacity to deal with, with a matter like this, and so you may find that... You're going to have to wait for your final possession order and then enforce um, through the bailiffs. Okay. So that's a lot of things that you can do once, or that's some things that you can do once a trespasser has entered your property, Alex. But what can you do to protect your property, to stop trespassers in the first place?
1: I suppose some of the basic things you can do to protect your property is to secure it. Yeah. Uh, ensure that all uh, windows are boarded up, if you know your property is going to be empty. Mm-hmm. It can be very tough with open land. You will see that um, in some occasions, whereby you may get uh, caravans coming onto um, land, which is not secure. Mm-hmm. You can also employ, there's been a big rise in living guardians. Yeah, senior signs for
0: past commercial premises. Yeah, especially pubs. Yeah, this property is protected by living guardians. Yeah. I mean, perhaps there's not actually anyone there and it might be a sign just to ward people <laughs> off, but yeah, you're right, it's become a lot more popular.
1: Also, you can get an injunction to prevent people from coming back. Uh, so,
0: so to be clear on that, what you're saying is once you've got a possession order and you've got rid of someone, you can get an injunction to prevent them coming back in. Yes. If there's a real risk that they might do so. Yes. Okay. So it sort of sits alongside the possession order and you, so you, you have to convince the judge. Yeah. Well, we've got possession of property, but actually these people... Uh, here's the evidence to show these people are likely to want to go back in
1: for whatever reason. Certainly. Are there any other instances where you can get an injunction?
0: Yeah, so you can you can try and get an injunction prior to any uh, trespass taking place. A quia timet injunction, as it's known in Latin. Uh, hopefully I haven't embarrassed myself too much with the pronunciation of that. So what that does is essentially you would have to persuade a court that there is a real risk of the trespass taking place. And if you're able to do so, the court will grant you an injunction preventing people from entering into your property. So it's as a precursor to them having already entered onto the property. Have you heard of urbexing? I haven't, no. So I haven't heard of it, actually, before I started doing the research for this podcast. But it's apparently very popular amongst the youth of today, should we say. Okay. Uh, And it involves uh, exploring the built environment, especially tall buildings, construction sites, abandoned buildings, and then taking photos and videos and posting them to Instagram and YouTube. Okay. And recently there was a case involving a large construction site in the City of London on Leadenhall Street, and the construction company persuaded the judge that there was a real risk of uh, urbexes coming onto the property because it was a, a prime location and... Uh, was, would have been of interest to these these individuals and that there was also a real risk to their safety uh, and that they could sidetrack safety measures that had already been put in place. And so the judge was satisfied that she would make an injunction as against people planning to carry out that activity, but she would not make an injunction against trespassers in general because they hadn't established that that was necessary. So, to sum up, Alex, what would you do if uh, you came across a trespasser at your property?
1: Well, I think first things first, I would ask them to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, if they didn't leave, I would call the police. Never agree that they can stay.
0: When you say never agree that they can stay, obviously, if they're trespassing, you don't want them to stay. No. I th-
1: but if so, if you uh, approach a trespasser in your property or land and they said, could I stay here just for a couple of weeks um, so I can tie myself over? Yeah. I would never agree to that.
0: Why would you not agree to that?
1: Um, Because it could be seen as if you're giving them
0: Licence or possessory rights to the property. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So do not agree that they can stay for any length of time.
1: Finally, seek legal advice. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Speak to a solicitor as soon as possible.
1: Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Andrew. And we'll be speaking soon, no doubt. We will. Until next time.